SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Welcome, Shani. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Good evening. It's good to be here with you this evening. It's always seen as if uh, that the law favors mothers as opposed to biological fathers, especially when a child is born out of wedlock. Um, Give us context. What does the Children's Act say around this? I think what listeners should take out of tonight is to remember that the, the Children's Act was written around the best interest of children, not moms, not dads, not parents, but about children. And the perception that the Act is written in favor of a certain gender is totally incorrect. So the Act is actually extremely gender biased. In fact, it often refers to a parent. And a parent can be a man, it can be a woman, it can be anything. So does the law really look at uh, the child's interest before it looks at the parent's um, interest? Because sometimes there's a vendetta between two parents when they split up. Oh, definitely. Uh, It reminds me, there's a quote by um, Hillary Clinton, which I have adapted a bit. It actually deals with women's rights. But I have adapted it to say that human rights are children's rights. And when we have children's rights, we have human rights. Because that is where humans start, is when we are children. Everything in the Children's Act is written around the best interests of the Act, and it's written in accordance with what our Constitution says regarding um, children's rights. Um, in accordance with our uh, Constitution, children are entitled to care, to parental care, and that in all matters concerning a child, that their interests be of paramount importance. And it is against that backdrop that the Children's Act is written. Our Children's Act is further in line with international standards. We are part of the Hague Convention, and we also take into account the broader African nations and United Nations guidelines. We are speaking to Shani Fanirkerk, who is a specialist when it comes uh, to family law at Adams and Adams. And we are looking at the rights of the biological father when a child is born out of wedlock. Atima, you can uh, call in on 011-714-2006. Perhaps you're a father and you've been asking yourself, what are your rights? And you've been a bit skeptical or scared to approach the law to assist you to get uh, some parenting rights uh, when it comes to your child. Call in and ask your questions or WhatsApp 6 one four one oh four one oh seven SMSs go to four one three nine one. Now, when it comes to the rights that the father has, are they conditional and are they less? Um, how can I put them in terms of strength? Are they less uh, stronger than the rights of the mother? I would not say it's stronger, but there is a differentiation where a mother who is the biological mother who has given birth to that child, there's no question regards to whether that mother is the mother. I mean, biologically, physically, that is the mother. Let's say we have a, a mother who has given birth to a child from a one-night stand. That father, the unmarried father, and let's refer now to the child born out of wedlock, that father there are a few conditions that he has to meet to acquire parental rights and responsibilities. 
However, those requirements are so broad and so simple that almost if you want to have rights, you will have. The conditions are firstly that you were in a relationship with the mother at the time that the child was conceived or born. Secondly, that you are willing and you consent to be identified as the father of the child. Now, I mean, that condition is so wide. If you put up your hand and say, I am the father of just this child, then you have rights. And the third leg is if you have tried reasonably to maintain the child or to make any contribution towards the, the upbringing and the maintenance of this child, you have those rights. What is very important is also to remember is that where the Act states who cannot be a parent, the Act is completely gender neutral. But, for example, a parent, you cannot be a parent if it was a, a man that raped a woman. Of course, that man cannot just simply acquire parental rights and responsibilities. Whereas a mother whose rights have been terminated by a court, for example, being an absolute junkie, that mother can also not have rights to the child. Because in the terms of the Children's Act, we look at a child, and we look at the parent. So there, there is a child and the parent, but obviously both need to be responsible in order for them to have the parenting rights. Now, there's obviously the issue of registration of a child who's born, registration of birth of a child who's born out of wedlock and uh, the issue of the surname. As it stands now, it seems that often that the child who's born out of wedlock will receive the surname of the mother. Um, and obviously, this is probably based on some act of some sorts. But what happens if the the child or the father wants to change the surname of the child to theirs? This is very true. What I have to indicate is that people, I, I know that there's reference to an act, um, children born out of wedlock and the birth and death register. It must be taken into account that the Children's Act has repealed those legislations. So when we are looking at the rights of a child, we look at the Children's Act. In terms of the Children's Act, it is correct that if a child is born out of wedlock, automatically the child's surname will be registered as the same surname as the mother, unless the two parties consent to a different surname. However, our courts remain the upper guardian of children. Therefore, should a father be of the view that it's in the best interest of his child to have his surname, he can approach the court and request the court to grant that surname change. Once again, I want both fathers and mothers to keep in mind that it's about the best interest of the child. And the surname of the child falls into what is best for that child. For example, let's say the child lives with mother and the mother takes the child to school, to the doctor, to wherever, the admin of explaining the difference in the surname, why this is not mom's surname, makes it so much more difficult, which would also be the exact same problem if the child is living with the father. The primary parent with whom the child usually is, it makes logically sense for the child's convenience to have the same surname as that parent. Hello? You know what? I think I'm having some gremlins. So we are we are load shedding here at the SAPC, and 
things are also just yeah working haywire. I'm sorry about that, Shani, uh, and all you A teamers. You must understand when there's load shedding, technology also um, grows some uh, fingers and feet, and the gremlins come out to play. So I'm glad that you mentioned the fact that uh, the court is the higher guardian of all children in South Africa, and that's where the interest of the child is put first. So would the court investigate if the father and the mother are both um, suited to be parents in terms of do they have a stable income if that's required? Do they have good living premises? Are they mentally, emotionally and physically fit to parent or have a, a custody of a child? Would the court investigate such things on both parents? Yes, definitely. Should a parent lodge an application to court for the primary residence? Primary residence means, let's call it simply the primary home, the place where the child lives Monday to Friday. When a parent lodges an application like that to court, a court will investigate or give a direction to the family advocate to investigate the the circumstances regarding both the mother and the father. We should also remember that we also have uh, gay and lesbian couples and then the courts will also look at both parents' circumstances, not mom and necessarily dad. Now, for those who are fathers and feel disgruntled by the way uh, their court proceedings when it comes to uh, trying to get custody or visitation rights to their children, how do they get a family law expert to assist them in getting, you know, a visitation or custody rights? How do they do so? Firstly, um, the Children's Act has also changed the terminology. So very often I think um, fathers and mothers or parents should should be aware of the the terminology because that sometimes brings confusion. How the act is written currently, we have two terms. We have primary residence, which was previously referred to as custody. The word custody doesn't exist anymore. We now refer to primary residence, and that is the home where the child lives, let's say, Monday to Friday. The other parent has contact rights. And that means that parent has rights to contact with the child and that the child will go every second weekend or spend alternative holidays with, etc. So the the use of the terminology is quite important. Very often people refer to sole sole, um, custody, which is a term that doesn't even exist. And I think that causes confusion in respect of rights and what you don't have and all of that. But I also want listeners to remember is that there is case law where it very clearly states that it is not the parent's right to contact to a child. It is a child's right to contact to a parent. That's very true. Let me go to an A-teamer, Colin, on the line. A good evening, Colin. Good evening, Patricia. I spoke to you this morning. Yes, you did. <laughs> and you're still working. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia... I want to know something. Well, uh, I'm an old geezer, 73-year-old. But uh, I've always asked a question. Um, If a young lady falls pregnant, she does not know who her dad is, uh, the father of the child, the child goes on to her name. Then four or five months later, he discovers it's his child. 
Now, the child's already been registered at Home Affairs on her name. Has he got a right, or will it cost him legal expenses to prove it's his child and go to Home Affairs and have the child put onto his surname? Let me allow Shani to respond to that. Thank you very much, Colin, for that question. Shani? So, Colin, that is true. The, the child will be registered on the biological mother's surname. The father, however, if he is of the view that it's in the best interest of the child to be registered on his surname, can approach the Department of Home Affairs to change the child's surname. Now, firstly, it's easy to change the surname if it's with the consent of the mother, if the mother does not want to give that consent, the courts are open. And if that father can approach the court and indicate to the court why it's in the child's interest to have his surname. And a court can then make that change. So the change is possible. Shani, how do we get in touch with you at Adams & Adams if we need assistance around this issue? Listeners can simply Google me at Adams & Adams. Um, on our website under Family Law, you will f- easily find my details. However, my email address, I'll give it a Shani, is S-H-A-N-I dot Fannikerk, which is V-A-N-N-I-E-K-E-R-K at Adams dot Africa. And, but by simply Googling the Adams and Adams website, my details will appear there. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us, Shani, and shedding light on this very important issue of uh, the rights of uh, biological fathers when it comes to children born out of wedlock. It's been such a great pleasure. Lovely being with you. Have a good evening.